The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently, we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above Rise all. up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who fall away. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, Mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmony sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And with that, welcome. Good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers who are in the house and anybody I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you from live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. The editor at SonsLibertyMedia.com. And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so, sonsoflibertyradio.com and also sonsoflibertymedia.com. In fact, if you head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com and you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio, scroll down on the right side of the page and you will see there are two videos there. The bottom one will be going live at the time because actually we're not going live. I keep messing that up every time we do pre-record, but uh, this one will be going live. This is the one at the bottom. And you can click on that. You can enlarge it. That's right. You can see the face is made for radio. And uh, you can also click on that platform and join us in the chat. There's lots of friends there uh, every morning and every afternoon that you can uh, 
You can you can meet with people of like mind if you agree with our message. And uh, also right above that is Bradley's show from the previous day. You can click on that, watch that, or you can catch him live. That goes live at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. That goes live on sonsoflibertymedia.com. Just above that is a place where you can enter your email for our newsletter. We don't spam your email. We don't rent it. We don't sell it. You get one email from us a day. That includes all the articles for that day from sonsoflibertymedia.com. And it also includes the morning archive. Okay, so that'll be the video portion of this show, the podcast, and any of the links and articles that we make reference to here during the show. And then finally, if you agree with our message and you would like to help us, we don't ask you for money, but we do let you know we have needs. And if you would like to partner with us in that, whether it's through a one-time donation, there's a donate button at the top of sonsoflibertymedia.com, or you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of liberty. That link is also at the top of sonsoflibertymedia.com. You can do so there. And then we have a store that has a lot of products in it. Most of them are for conversation starters hats, t-shirts, coffee mugs, water bottles, all those kinds of things. And then we have some stuff that equips you as well, uh, DVDs, books, and things of that nature, so that you can go out and you can advance the kingdom and you can defy tyrants, as it were, and put things right, put put them back right uh, in the sphere of influence that you have. Now, with that said, we've had on the show before our friend Franklin Sanders, and uh, it was a good discussion on the issue of gold and silver. And a lot of people, I think, uh, took up the offer that they have, um, based off his son's work, at Volunteer Precious Metals. But uh, Franklin is from the Money Changer, the-moneychanger.com. It's not like Money Changers like the bad guys that Jesus drove out, okay? So we're not talking about that kind of deal. But uh, Franklin offers all kinds of advice on uh, money, um, gold and silver, investing, and all this kind of stuff. You can check him out at the-moneychanger.com. And his sons operate a business, second generation, of precious metals called volunteerpreciousmetals.com. And, you know, I, I sort of chided him at the at the first and kidded him, give him a little ribbing here uh, this morning and coming back on, that I was reading uh, what's on his website, themoneychanger.com, that there was an assistant U.S. attorney that told, an attor- uh, told another lawyer that Franklin was the most dangerous man in the Mid-South, and he concluded that either the government is right and gold and silver coin is not money or Franklin's right. And with that said, I want to welcome back to the Sons of Liberty, uh, Franklin Sanders. Good to see you again, man. It's good to be back, Tim. Thanks for the invitation. Yes, sir. Happy to have you. And uh, yeah, I, I you, you had a lot of people very excited. I remember very clearly in the chat, we had some friends who purchased some gold and silver from your sons there. And uh, they were excited about it. In fact, they told me they saved several hundred dollars. So uh, that's a pretty good testimony as to the people, I guess, they were dealing with before compared to dealing with your sons. But real quickly, before we get into our topic today, and I told you maybe elaborate a little bit on what I just said. This guy called you the most dangerous man in the Mid-South. And your conclusion is either the government, some people may not know your story. The government uh, was basically saying, that gold and silver coin is not money, but you were saying that. And let me just add this in here for people who may not know. 
Our Constitution is very clear. Article 1, Section 10. No state shall enter into any treaty, alliance, or confederation, grant letters of mark or reprisal, coin money, emit bills of credit, make anything but gold and silver coin a tender in payments of debts. I mean, it's explicit right there in our Constitution what our founding fathers had as an idea of the money to pay for debts, and that was gold and silver. How did you be, what led this guy to call you the most dangerous man in the Mid-South? Well, what he's thinking of is that if you insist that gold and silver money, you actually practice that, then you are a danger to the entire financial setup today because, you know, we're faced with this contradiction. And the contradiction is we have a constitution that has that section you just read. And also, if you go to the law, if you go to a law library, and you study out the, the cases, the precedents, all the statutes, what you're going to find is that with one voice, Franklin, Franklin, they all testify that only silver and gold are money. That is, sorry. Yeah, we're, we're, having a, we're having a little issue there. You're freezing up along the way. I think you were saying at the first, the gold and silver are the, the keys for uh, making payments. They're, they're real money. And then you had a, another little draw. And I, we're having a little difficulty in the connection, I think. Okay, well, let me, let me go back then. Okay. Um, we're faced with this riddle because the Constitution, all of the cases, all of the statutes, say that only gold and silver are money. But we have none. That is, all of that has been replaced by bank credit, some some kind of fiat money that is basically bank credit. All the money is borrowed into existence. And so we have a system that's completely different from the constitutional system and the system that's been proved by litigation over more than 100 years. So. What do you say? I mean, somebody benefits from avoiding the law. Somebody loses from avoiding the law. The people lose from avoiding the law because what has happened is, since the creation of the Federal Reserve, the creation of money has been turned over to a private banking cartel. And that cartel is the the Federal Reserve System. So what's happened is Congress has granted extra legally, extra constitutionally, I would argue, the power to create money out of thin air to private corporations. Okay. All right. Now, you're saying that harms the people, and we're going to get into some of that and how that's even taking place. Not only since uh, 1913, we've had—whoops, we're we're having a freeze up there again— uh, we, we've had that since 1913 where the Federal Reserve has come in, uh, but also now they're trying to push their other fiat currency, which I guess they're – my thought is is that they probably have their hands in a lot of this cryptocurrency that we're going to talk about, and that is to get people ready for what they want to bring out as the bankers, getting the people to think, oh – We've got cryptocurrency. This is, yeah, we acknowledge it's a fiat currency too. It's not gold and silver, but at the same time, uh, it's not controlled by a central bank. And so the people get, they're, they're starting to get, some people are starting to get used to that. And then they're wanting to roll this out. So 
when when you talk about this thing coming in, how is it help some people who might be new this? How is how is it that these bankers printing this money is harming the average Joe like you and me? Well, let me ask you this, Tim. Suppose somebody gave you the power to create money out of thin air. How much money would you create? Oh, a bunch. (laughs) You would not stop creating money until you owned everything in the economy and all the politicians. That's just the way it works. So who gains and who loses in this transaction? The people gain. The people lose, and the banks gain everything. And if you look at what the situation is today, you'll realize they have not, they don't own everything in the economy, but compare it to 1913 when the Federal Reserve was founded. So that, that's the, the, what happens. The banks have taken over the country. Look, I, I interviewed John Titus not long ago, and John made the comment that the, that the Department of Justice has said, they will not prosecute banks. And I, I don't know how familiar you are with it, but banks have been, especially their trading departments, but all of their departments have engaged in incredible illegality and fraud in the last 30 years. So you read in the newspaper, such and such a bank, J.P. Morgan Bank makes a uh, $5 billion settlement with the Department of Justice for manipulating the gold and silver market, for manipulating LIBOR for this, that, or the other. The, the point is, no, no, no one is ever prosecuted. Now, the, a few of the low-level traders may be prosecuted, but the higher-ups in the banks are not prosecuted. The DOJ does not prosecute their crimes. And it's, it's ridiculous for a bank to be fined $100 million when they have a scam manipulating markets that makes them $35 billion dollars they're glad to pay a hundred million dollar fine and walk off with the rest of the money. So what I'm, you know, um, Blackstone said the famously, the King can do no wrong. And the, the principle is the, the sovereign can never be brought to a court because it's his court. Well, the person who is in charge, the person who rules, the person who is the sovereign is the person who can't be prosecuted. And that's the banks. That's the banks in in today's society. So you ask me what's wrong with the setup. That's what's wrong with the setup. They end up with all the power and all the property. Yeah. People have nothing. Now, now one of the things that's interesting, and most people don't even think about it when they go to the bank, they see that little thing that says FDIC insured. And it's basically saying the banks are insured by guess who? You and me, (laughs) as they're charging us, uh, usury. We talked about this. The Bible forbids that. Uh, if for you know, for we talked about for Christians for their countrymen in that in that time, and it, it talks about that God caused unjust weights and measurements, which is what all this amounts to an abomination before Him. And yet, our pulpits are largely silent about that. Uh, the, certainly, many of our politicians are silent about it. There's a few who have spoken out. Ron Paul's been. Uh, very uh, a loud proponent against this this central banking position. I think people like Thomas Massey and others have also spoken at it. But a large part, people are mostly silent about it. 
And I think it's due a lot to the ignorance of how the money system works in the first place, basic economics and things of that nature. So we're going to get into a few of those things. One of the things that I want to bring up is a report uh, that we recently did, and, and this will help us move into some of this, because I think for those who are joining us for the first time who maybe knew this, I kind of want to bring them along, but I don't want to spend too much time on it. And that is the price of things going up. Now, we just had, <clears throat> what, within the last 13, 14 months, how much money has been printed? Uh, eight, nine, ten trillion dollars uh in quote unquote relief for a unproven you know beer bug out there somewhere uh that is now being pushed for for you know you get vac you get vaccinated you get injected with an experimental jab that's killing people that's injuring people all across the world and we had a report out here recently the price of plywood is absolutely ridiculous <laughs> but it's also a sign of the times and it's talking about this inflation that's created uh, and the devaluing of the dollar from all of this money printing, from all this unconstitutional spending, from not adhering to gold and silver as a standard for money. And I can attest to that. We bought wood to build a, a chicken coop. And I'll bet I spent more than $700 on just the wood. It was ridiculous. So all of this has a tie into a practical thing for people where it's not just the head knowledge they have. It has a very practical aspect to it. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So we've been dealing with a paper currency. We're supposed to be dealing with gold and silver. We've been dealing with a paper fiat currency, has no intrinsic value of it of its own. And now we're hearing from the Federal Reserve, they want to get in the cryptocurrent market, which the, even the cryptocurrency people state this is a fiat currency too. And, you know, if your internet goes down, if your computers go down, if your mobile devices go down, you apparently don't have any money. Uh, what's going on with this, uh, Franklin? What do, you, what do you see happening here? Oh, we've got Franklin, and he's froze up there. Let me let me make a distinction first. Okay. Yep, sure. Distinction. Just both central bank digital currencies and cryptocurrencies are digital, but they are not the same. They are not an identity. A cryptocurrency uh, gives you anonymity with the use. A central bank digital currency does not. In fact, what it does is open up every single financial transaction you make in that currency to the inspection of the government and the central bank. So you must understand, uh, just because they're both digitally transferred, does not mean that cryptocurrencies and digital and central bank digital currencies are the same thing because they're not. So okay. what, what what's happening is the central banks, um, and I, I, I don't think necessarily they're being forced into this by the existence uh, and, and emergence of, cent of cryptocurrencies, well, what they're 86% of the central banks in the world are developing some sort of digital central bank currency. The uh, Chinese have already begun testing theirs in March in some cities. The, the Fed is working on central banks. The background articles about uh, digital central bank digital currency 
have been coming out for well over a year, and I'm sure longer than that. There are probably a lot of them I don't know about. But what the, the central bank sees, for one thing, they see uh, cryptocurrencies as a threat to their dominance of the money market. So they have to have some way around that. And so they they want to uh, to, to sort of co-opt uh, central bank digital currencies. Um, they they want to remain in charge. And remember when I was called the most dangerous man in the Mid-South, one of the reasons is that the banking system considers anyone dangerous who offers an alternative to the banking system. And they will come, come down on you with both feet and both feet will have on concrete overshoes. So, Another another problem for the central banks is they're concerned that the creation of all these private currencies might create financial instability. And then finally, you you I don't know if you realize or not, but 20 or 25 percent of the population is what they call unbanked. Unbanked means they do not use a a, a, a bank account. So what the central banks are doing is they're creating these digital currencies to give them greater control over the money supply and over policy and to pull in, pull more people into the system and to cut out their competition from the shadow banking sector and all of the other financial and money alternatives that are showing up uh, that are being invented today, if you will. So, it's it's defensive. It, the creation of central bank digital currencies is a defensive and an offensive move for the central banks. Now, I I think there are a couple of things about it. There are a couple of implications that, frankly, I haven't completely worked through. One is that central bank digital currencies will reduce the role of banks as go-betweens. That is, it will reduce the intermediary functions of banks. It will be an end run around the banks. And and this raises this question, how is that possible since the banks have that much power? How will this work out? Uh, Okay, Franklin, we're having you you freeze up for some reason today, and I don't... I don't know what's happening there. We're having a, a freeze up. We're having a little bit of freeze up on your end, and I don't know what's happening with the uh, the transmission there. But we're, we're having that going. Frankly, okay, I've worked it out. Um, we're Franklin. We're we're having we're having some freeze ups there. I don't know what's happening. It's totally freezing you up. Um, and uh, we we lost everything that you said there in the last few sentences that you had to say. Okay. So what what you have to understand is that the central banks are defending themselves. This is both a defensive and an offensive measure to create these central bank digital currencies so that they don't lose control of the monetary system. But the interesting thing is that it, it, the creation of a central bank digital currency threatens the banks, the commercial banks' roles as intermediaries in the economy. That is, 
go-betweens in the economy. So it looks, uh, this sounds like a strange conclusion, and it's strange to me, but it looks like central bank digital currencies will edge banks out of the financial system, will, if not obsolete banks, it'll at least send them doing other things. And I don't know if somebody up there in the heavens of the elite. (laughs) For some reason, yeah. For some reason, Franklin, we're getting uh, we're getting a lot of, of freezing up there. I don't I don't know why. If you want to check your connection, or <laughs> he's going through there. Let, let me let me let me pause him out there a second, Franklin. We keep getting uh, the freeze ups there, and uh, I hate that because the things that you're saying are really good and they're very practical for the people. But for whatever reason, it's freezing up. I don't know if there's a connection issue or if you got uh, enough bars or a strong signal or whatever it may be on my end i don't know i reset everything so we should be good here but one of the things i want to bring out because you're talking about them using it defensively as well as offensively uh is an article we had back um last month actually sons of liberty media and it was talking about the fed pushing to get this digital dollar out there in the market. Now we know that's been implemented or it was put into some of the legislation. I think one of the stimulus bills actually had that in there to push this digital dollar by the Federal Reserve into the the quote unquote money system that we have. And it was so that every single transaction can be tracked, traced, taxed, and shut off. If you need to be cut out of the society, you can be cut off through this system, because no longer are you dealing in paper money, you're not dealing in gold and silver, you're dealing with ones and zeros in a digital cyberspace environment. And yes, it is different than the normal cryptocurrency in the fact that uh, people deal with that. It goes through a number of computers. And unless you can track down the two people the transaction takes place through and one of them is going to give up the other, you can't really find anything. And, And when you do that, then you can start, you know, pinning the dots at different places. Let me give an example here. Um, here is a Bitcoin. Today, on the day that we're recording, which is Thursday, April the 22nd, it's at $54,504.97 at the time that I'm looking at it now. Now, this thing was like half that price before Elon Musk dumped, I don't know, a billion dollars or whatever he dumped in there. Uh, and it shot it up to like... Something like sixty-five thousand dollars a Bitcoin, uh, and other other cryptocurrencies jumped up as well. So when we get into something like this, we listen to somebody like, let's say, Janet uh, Yellen here. She has said that the Fed's project of totalitarian slavery. Now she's not using this term. This is what the writer has to say here. Uh, has merit because it could benefit unbanked and underbanked Americans. A Fed coin or equivalent has the potential to sidestep the middleman between commercial banks or credit card networks, which is what you just said. Why? Because they no longer need them. They're controlling it all from a central uh, area with computers that they're going to do it. And um, and so this is one of the reasons they're trying to do it. It seems to me they're trying to to corner the market, get rid of the useful idiots that have been in the way, so to speak. I think that's true. I, I think that they're they want more control. I think presently the the whole COVID business has been used as a cover to increase 
control over everything, especially control over the people. I think it seems to me people have been entrained or propagandized or uh, fooled some way into a kind of terror over this entire COVID thing that we've never seen before. And, and remember, necessity is the tyrant's plea. That's right. Whenever there's an emergency, the tyrant increases his, his control. And that's what we're seeing now. Uh, that's, I, I have no doubt that central bank digital currencies will result in increased control. You know, one of the, one of the things that uh, central banking circles have complained about in the last uh, 12 years is that when they want to, quote, stimulate the economy, that is, they want to uh, push out money to increase demand, which under their Keynesian economic theories addresses the problem. That's wrong. I won't go into that. But in any event, with central bank, you know, they talked about negative interest rates on bank accounts. So in other words, if you had money in a bank, you would have to uh, you, if you didn't spend the money as they wanted you to, th- then you would lose money because the banks would uh, charge a, a negative interest rate on your deposit. So central bank digital currencies are aimed at, l- let me go back, uh, when when COVID struck and they were st- sending out the stimulus checks, it's more. there's more work to be done. There are more steps it takes longer to send checks to people than simply to put a credit into their account, a digital credit into their account. So one of the things then that uh, central bank digital currencies are supposed to address is that uh, they can put that money, that stimulus money immediately into an account at the central bank and the person, the 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 spenders it's intended for can immediately draw it down and spend it. But remember that doing that, they go around the banks as intermediaries. The account is at the central bank. And, and what, what frightens me about this control, it's, it undoubtedly gives them greater control. But what frightens me is this. Suppose they decide, Tim, that you are an antisocial deplorable and that you need to be canceled. So they just flip a switch on your digital account. And if that's all the money you've got, buddy, your toast is burnt. It's just that quick. And, and there's no doubt they're, they're going to do that. What, what possible hope could anyone have that they will not abuse any power given them, given the history of the last hundred years, given the history of mankind, a tyrant always abuses power. And so that's what that's one of that's another thing that concerns me about digital uh, central bank digital currencies. This is one of the reasons, a a strong reason, why people need to get out of the dollar denominated system. They they need to get some wealth outside that system into some liquid and negotiable form that will maintain value. That's the reason I recommend they get into gold and silver so that they've got some money outside of the banking system, outside of the central bank digital currency system, outside the credit card system, all outside all of that, something that is not denominated in dollars. That is some, something whose value does not depend on the value of the dollar. 
And gold and silver are the only financial assets that are not simultaneously someone else's liability. That is, if you buy a share of stock, some corporation has to make a profit or your stock is worth nothing. If you buy a bond, some whoever the issuing entity is, has to take in money from somewhere, from tax or profits or something, so that they can pay the interest on that bond. But gold and silver are not like that. Gold and silver silver are the only financial assets that are not simultaneously someone else's liability. So that's value outside of the system. That is, and, and when you get some of your wealth outside of that dollar-denominated banking system, then you've maintained your independence. You have, so to, so to speak, declared independence from the banking system. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that that makes t- perfect sense. In fact, one of the things I was going to bring up, it looks to me like they've used the COVID, the whole stimulus thing, to make a step in that direction anyway. They haven't fully implemented it, but let me just show people. This was from last year. This is Steve Mnuchin, uh, Treasury, uh, Secretary of Treasury, unveiling the quote-unquote Trump debit card to get coronavirus rescue funds to Americans. So they're still using a step. It's not writing a check, but they put out a card, and they're going to put that currency, whatever they're going to send it, these the, the people who get this stimulus, they're going to get those. Those have been sent out in addition to checks and in addition to direct deposits into uh, bank accounts, which to me, the direct deposit, it's a convenient thing, but it's also, it's a, just a, a digital transfer that's all this happening. And it seems to me, uh, Franklin, they're already making those steps. They've already demonstrated, they're showing their hand as to where they're going with thing. They just haven't told you what all the strings are on. And that's what you're doing. You're saying, hey, once they do this, uh, it's not only devaluing money that whatever they're going to give you and whatever you already have, but it's also going to be a way where they can lock you out of the system. If you become a, a a guy who says, "Hey, wait a minute," the Constitution says gold and silver money, you know, for payment of debts, or if you're a person that believes that what they're doing is unconstitutional, or you're going to call out any of this kind of stuff, they can just say, "Okay, no more money for you, no more, no more buying and selling for you." Kill his account. I mean, that seems to me what they're what what their end aim is, is total control of that. Well, and I I think there's something more too. Um, I think I sent you my interview with John Titus. And when I asked Titus about this issue of obsoleting the banks by central bank digital currency, he seems to think that that's the long-term goal of the elite, that uh, what they want to do is to, to um, establish a central, a, a digital currency in each country, and then eventually do away with the dollar as a reserve currency because it won't be needed anymore. They'll be, they'll, they'll merge all those digital currencies into one worldwide digital currency, one global digital currency. And I think that's, um, that's a reasonable conclusion. Uh, if you look at, you know, since way back in the 1930s, uh, the elite has wanted a world currency of some kind. And over and over and over, these schemes pop up. And this one would work. The central bank digital currencies with the 
final merger into one digital currency would certainly work. And uh, the dollar's role is the world's reserve currency is on the way out anyway. Um, but uh, this would this would hasten hasten that uh, that demise. Okay. All right. Now you got a friend. I want to see if maybe we can make some connection and bring her on the show too. But she really made some headwaves several months ago. Catherine Austin Fitz. And she was taking all these different things that were going on in the COVID stuff to to give us a bigger picture, whether it was uh, the introduction of this digital dollar kind of deal, this digital currency, the vaccines, the banking, all of this stuff brought it together in a picture that is applicable, I think. And again, I'm I'm a guy who thinks Revelation was, you know, John's Olivet Discourse for the destruction of Jerusalem, the carrying out of those things and such. But yet I see application uh, from Revelation for today. And I see it throughout history, too, that when a a government thinks it's God and it's just going to make up its own own laws and become lawless uh, before the people and look out for its best interest, which ours has definitely done, then it becomes a beast. And eventually what it does is it it starts to put all the dissenters, those who are speaking out against it, into a category where they cannot buy and sell Revelation 13, 17. And uh, in order to do so, they have to fall into something. They have to you know, have a certain mark of something or certain allegiance that they're giving to this beast in order to, to act on it. One of the things that I've noticed is there is technology, and they've talked about putting this in these vaccines, that could be read anywhere pretty much on your body, and it could be tied into the technology like 5G and stuff. You have that speed of transfer, and you would buy and sell that way. I mean, I don't know of any way that somebody could uh, counterfeit it Although you give man enough time, he'll find a way, find a way around whatever systems they put in. But we had a report out recently that seems to indicate that they're they're kind of letting us know beforehand what they're going to do before they do it. This comes out of the World Economic Forum, and they're warning of a cyber attack leading to systemic collapse of global financial system. Is it your impression, as it is mine? That what these do these dudes are doing is they're telling us, hey, these you call them the global elite, and I, I I've decided I'm going to revert back from that, and I'm going to call them the global inbreds because that's what they are. Um, they they try to keep their bloodline and all this stuff. Is it your is it your opinion that they're letting us know what they're going to do before they do it, in order to change the entire system and what they're referring to as a great reset and and bring this digital money into 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 being well they they always discuss these things among themselves that's the reason why the the use of the word conspiracy is not quite exact because they don't really make a secret of what they're doing i mean you can go to the world economic forum website you can see everything they've planned for the great reset and it's it's not just uh it's not a few things. It's a whole new vision for a, a, a new world order, uh, a totalitarian new world order, something like Brave New World. And, um, you know, it's not, so it's not a secret. Yes, they telegraph these things. And part of the reason they do that is to sap your will to resist. You know, uh, 
the Chinese military strategist Sun Tzu said that supreme excellence in warfare is not winning battles. It is destroying your enemy's will to resist. And they always are coming out with this. So this is the wave of the future. This is where history is going. You're going to be left out if you don't go with us. But they are telegraphing these things. And let me let me go back to say something about COVID. You realize that the banking system, because all the money is borrowed into existence, the banking system always creates credit bubbles. And the credit bubbles get worse and worse. And so what what we've got now is a credit bubble, which is the largest in history. They didn't let it totally burst in 2008. They propped up a lot of the bad debt. They've been propping up the bad debt since then. That's what all the Fed's aid last year during the, quote, COVID crisis was about. They've used COVID as a cover for all of these other things they want to do. The Fed in particular has used COVID as a cover for an immense inflation and a, and a way to prop up the bad debt that the credit bubble that, that from the credit bubble that they've blown up. So in the same way, the World Economic Forum is using the the COVID the the issue of COVID as a mask to hide behind, creating a new totalitarian world order, and they're not making any secret about it. <laughs> this it's not a conspiracy in that sense. Yeah, but but biblically speaking, a conspiracy is just a couple of guys or more getting together to advance a certain agenda. It can be good or bad. I mean, look, I have an agenda, uh, and my agenda is is that we point people back to the Word of God. We call them to repentance. That's my agenda. I I'm very open about it, and Bradley and I work. Uh, in, in doing that on radio shows. So we have an open conspiracy, if you will. But you're right. They're putting it out right out there in their face. And, you know, but but here's the thing, Franklin. If you go back, what, 20, 30, 40 years ago, I can remember even as a teenager hearing it, if you talked about any of this stuff, oh, it's a con- you're a conspiracy theorist because these guys weren't just out in the open saying it. They were doing They were planning it. They were setting it up. And now people have become so used to the idea through propaganda, through brainwashing, through mind control, whatever the case may be, how you see it on the media, your talking heads who come out. And now it's just right out in our faces. And, you know, I want to take a little bit because we got about 12 minutes here. So I want to throw that at you and let you comment, uh, comment to it. And then I want to bring it back around and say, well, what does the Bible say about these things? And how can we, as the people of God, because I don't believe the Bible is just some ancient book that has nothing to say for today. I believe it has everything pertaining to life and godliness, as Peter said. And I know there's wisdom there for what we're talking about uh, even today. Do you want to address what I what I just threw at you there? Uh, that was a lot of balls. <laughs> Well, just let me say let me say one thing. Go ahead. Okay, about conspiracy. Let me say just one thing. The original conspirator is the devil. That's the right. The original conspirator is the devil. That's right. And I mean this not in some sort of uh shallow unreflective way, but I have to tell you that I've been studying these things for 50 years, I guess, since I was a teenager. And and over and over, I see the demonic nature. Let me give you just one example to 
to prove what I'm saying. Abortion and euthanasia. Now, if you go back in the in the history of the elite, you'll find over and over and over they keep ta- they want population control. This goes back to the teens and twenties, the the uh, the euthanasia mu- movement, the movement for abortion, uh, the mu- movement for racial purification. Uh, that is the purification of the species, the improvement of the human species. All of this stuff goes back to the 1920s, teens, even before that. And what you find is under, underneath everything is a demonic hatred of mankind, a demonic hatred of human beings that desires to kill as many of them as possible. Now, whose signature is that? The one who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Right. That's exactly right. Who was a liar and a murderer from the beginning. So you, you have to understand that, that it's, I'm not, it's not that the devil is the source of all evil, because for heaven's sakes, there's plenty of evil in, in the human heart. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But wherever he sees it, he encourages it. So if you ask me, do, do this, does the scripture have anything to say about these things? The answer is yes, because the purpose of the devil is to overthrow the will of God. The purpose of the devil is to rebel against the will of God. So anything that rebels against the will of God for mankind is demonic, and and it has to be resisted. If you're going to serve God, you have to serve God. I mean, what do we pray every day? That God's will would be done on On earth earth as it is in heaven. And so if you see that there is an opposition to God's will. Resistance is not futile. Resistance is inevitable. Amen. And you, you have no choice but That's to right. resist. You, you can't temporize or compromise with evil. And I, I understand we can't do everything at once. I mean, I, I look at this country, what, what I thought back in when I tangled with the federal government back in the late 80s, early 90s, I saw that the monetary, what the monetary system had become, and I said, well, what we need is a gold and silver bank so people can go between the systems. Well, they, they said that was a conspiracy, a criminal conspiracy to help people avoid paying taxes. It was nothing of the kind. But, but the thing is, it brought me and a lot of other people into conflict with this evil, with this evil that, that wants to oppress the people. And, you know, you, you can't hide from it. You, if you hide from it, you're not on God's side. I, I'm sorry, that's just the way it is. It's just, you, you, if you can't temporize with people who want to kill babies. You can't make a compromise with them. Will we kill just a not so many babies or something? What kind of, right. what kind of adjustment can you come to? What kind of arrangement can you come to? So, yes, I think the scripture has a lot to say about this. And I think that God created us to be free, not to be autonomous, let me make clear. That is, not for me to decide what is right. good and what is evil. Right. But he, he made us with a will. So I, I think the angels delight to see us from our heart trying to obey God. I, I think that fulfills our destiny to be created sure. in, the, in the image of God. I think that's what God created us for. So there's conflict with that. There's pain. 
there's suffering. And as long as a Christian is in this world, that Christian is going to suffer as Christ suffered. We enter into Christ's suffering because we partake of his righteousness and we're trying to establish his righteousness in the world. So the world is always going to, going to fight against that because there's evil in men's heart and the, and the devil puts evil there too. So I'm sorry, I've got, I got off the topic. No, that's, that, I think that's exactly right. That's kind of where I want to go with it and to understand that so that people understand there are forces behind what we see. And I don't mean forces like, you know, Star Wars kind of force. I mean forces as in real entities with real names, uh, real creatures that God has created that are re- in rebellion against him that lead men to rebel towards him. Uh, not that we don't, as you said before, we can read that in uh, James chapter one. We have it within our own flesh that we are led after our own lusts, and the end of that eventually is death. So I, I appreciate how you put that. That's exactly right. That's exactly what I wanted to hear from you. And part of this, what I see going on, is leading us towards this thing because you know Jesus said, "You're either going to." Uh, you're you're going to submit whoever submits himself to sin, which is a violation of the law, is what John tells us. It's it's it's, it's transgression of the law. Whoever submits himself to sin becomes the slave of sin, or he becomes under he comes under the control of sin. And whoever submits himself to God submits himself to righteousness. And you talked about this being a battle that we're in. Um I think of Paul, he says, you know, you fight the good fight of faith as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. He even uses that kind of terminology that we're to be about. So in the final minutes that we have you, what are the practical things? Because you're obviously educating people at themoneychanger.com, the-moneychanger.com, and your sons are involved in helping them get a separate kind of system, if you will, one of just weights and measurements through gold and silver. What's some practical things that people can do to resist this system? Well, let me tell you one of one that may sound very uh, pedestrian to you, but I think it's one of the most important things because really Christ tells us there are only two laws. And the two laws are love God with all your heart and soul and mind and love your neighbors yourself. That's right. Well, one of the problems one of the many problems with the modern system, the modern world that we live in, is that we are isolated, alienated from each other. We are we are cut off and atomized. That, think about how they weaponized that with the COVID crisis by putting us into masks. I mean, they literally weaponized that alienation and that isolation. So one of the first things that we have to do is to get to know our community. We have to rebuild local communities. I mean, the person you live next to on one side and the person you live next to on the other and the person you live next to across the street. There's a lady in South Carolina, Patricia Weed, who's been uh, working on a way to bring people together in communities. And that is they, they look at their precinct and they find the hundred families that are closest around them and they get together with those families and they have a party. Now, that may sound ridiculous, but it's not ridiculous because at a party, what happens? You get to know each other. That's right. You become, you become neighbors again. And you understand the main thing that the government has to do is to isolate us from each other in fear. They want us to, to if we see somebody who fights against the government, 
and gets arrested and punished. They want us to all run the other way and abandon them. You see, because we have no cohesion. That's divide and conquer. What the first thing we have to do so that we can actually live out loving our neighbor is to get to know our own community and to try to rebuild that local community again. And, and of course, there are economic ways you can do that. But one of those ways is that you can use gold and silver among each other. You can, you can help to rebuild your local economy that way. But the, the financial is the smallest part of it. The, bit, the larger part of it is that we enter into the lives of our neighbors and we, need to, we, we learn to love them and care for them. Think about it, Tim. Would there be a social security system? Would there be all of this government welfare if Christian people in their places and through their churches exercise the charity toward the poor and the needy that God commands us to? Amen. Would the government have stepped into that vacuum? That's right. We created the vacuum and God and, and the government stepped into it. So there, there are many, many ways that we can, we can help our neighbors. And part of that way is just that they know that they're part of a community. Human beings are social animals. God created us that way. We need to know that we have friends, that we're part of a community. So as, as humble and as pedestrian as it sounds, I think one of the most important things to do, uh, one of the most important ways that we contest evil in the world and bring the kingdom of Christ in is that we become neighbors to our neighbors. We actually do exercise love towards them. And that means, first of all, getting to know them. And if they need help, helping them. I th- you know, I think we couldn't have ended on a better note. I don't think it's pedestrian at all. I think it's very practical. I think it's the essence of what the gospel calls us to do. And uh, so I think that's a great way to end the show. I think it's an encouraging admonition. And it taught, in, in essence, you gave people the very definition of what it is to be repentant. You're giving them practical aspects of what repentance looks like. Uh, Franklin, before we let you go, let me uh, give you a few seconds. you got about 30 seconds here. Real quickly, tell people where they can find out more about you and where they can uh, get gold and silver from your sons. Okay. Uh, if they want to, I publish a daily commentary on the gold and silver markets, and I talk about some other things, too. They can go to the-moneychanger.com, and right there in that box on the right where it says Get the Money Changers Daily Commentary, they can subscribe to that and get that almost every day. They, if they're interested in buying gold and silver, they can call 888-661-4093. That's Volunteer Precious Metals. And we'll be glad to answer any questions that they've got. All right. Thank you, Franklin Sanders from The Money Changer, the-moneychanger.com. We appreciate your time and your insight and wisdom as well. Guys, 23 hours will be back with you. See you.